We have a, uh, a unique connection with Jamestown, New York. Um, in fact, Erie does. Uh, there's actually several worship leaders in Erie who are from Jamestown, New York. Can you believe that? Uh, and one of them is our own, very own, Sydney. Where's Sydney back there? Now, normally I wouldn't point her out. I wouldn't make a big deal about coming from Jamestown, but today is her birthday. And I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I'm not going to sing. Yeah, she, she sings So you guys want me to sing for her? Okay, to you. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sydney. Happy birthday to you. I don't know. Yeah, she was 19. Yeah, we don't know where all that came from. But okay. Happy birthday. So the Jay, I all came from the Jamestown, New York worship night. She's going to be doing, joining with the worship team from Conduit Church, was her home church, before coming to Edinburgh University, and then, of course, joining uh, us here at ECF. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And then that packing party uh, is this Wednesday night. Uh, it's the 20th. I think it's this Wednesday night. Uh, so please come to church Wednesday night uh, and help get those boxes packed for OCC. Uh, this, our heart is to reach, you know, kids. Uh, that was a, another vision that we had. Thank you, Ryan, for sharing that as well. And Chris, welcome. Chris, welcome back from uh, Florida to give us a word from the Lord. That was amazing as well. So for those who have not experienced a public tongue and interpretation, you just did. Okay, and I won't go through all the theo theological things and reasons behind that, but that's what just happened, so you just, you just experienced that. Uh, then one other thing I'd like to mention from an announcement perspective is next Sunday, uh, I'm, I'm actually out of town, and Jeremy Gall will be here ministering. So Jeremy Gall will be here, amazing minister, uh, him and Jocelyn as well. So they'll be here on Sunday. They actually did that series for us in June uh, over the summer, so we're excited to have him back. Uh, we had... Lunch with them on we had lunch with them on Friday uh, out at Longhorn, and I believe we saw half the church up on Peach Street on Friday. At some point, we saw the Lucianos, we saw the Bendigs, we saw everybody. Uh, it was Friday on Peach Street. It was ECF uh, day on Peach, uh, but we took Jeremy and Jocelyn out to lunch, and I, I'm not going to share. Well, they took us out to lunch. Yeah, happy birthday to me. Uh, <laughs> it's not even my birthday. Uh, but anyway, so uh, they have some exciting things that are happening that I won't say and won't share, but you have to come next week to hear some of the stuff. I mean, amazing things that are happening uh, in, in their ministry and stuff that God is doing. So looking forward to that. Okay, uh, offering. Let me just pray over our offering here. 2 Corinthians 9.11 is the verse I have. We've been walking through 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, talking about tithes and offering, it says this, while you are enriched in everything, remember, the previous scriptures, everything is from him, everything is from him, so we are enriched because of him, amen, our enrichment is because of who he is, in what? Everything, rich in everything, rich in everything, for all, for all. I love this, which it says, and then it says, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Which because of his riches, his glory, what he does for us, there's thanksgiving that comes through us and bubbles us back up to him. Amen? 
And that's really what tithes and offerings are, is giving back to him as a worship. We've always talked about giving and tithes and offerings as a continuing our worship to the Lord. Why? Because it causes us thanksgiving or worship to him because of who he is in our life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful. Father, I thank you for every bill paid. I thank you for mortgages paid off. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mortgages, plural. That's right. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and faithfulness, Lord. Thank you that you give us the wisdom to be a distribution center while we're here, Father God, to do what you want to do with these finances. We give them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, open up your Bibles to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. And we're right in between series, so I'm going to be doing like a vision series here after. Well, Jeremy Gall's here next week. And then I'm going to really be starting a vision series of some of the things the Lord has been showing us about ECF and what it looks like. And we're going to talk about leadership structure. We're going to talk about some of the ministries uh, that we see happening and changing and some of those things. So I had this week in between, and I was like, Lord, well, I do this all the time. You probably know that. I say, Lord, what do you want to say? Lord, what is it that you want to say? And I'm preparing to do a wedding, actually, this afternoon. Uh, Sophia Ives and Travis Newcamp are getting married this afternoon, and it's going to be amazing. So I get to do their wedding this afternoon. Uh, it's a little bit later today. Actually, not that much later today. It's right after church, basically. Um, and so I'm going to be doing that, and I just started... Part of what I'm going to share with them is on John chapter 2. And Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. His first miracle was at a wedding. And his first miracle, as a lot of you know, was changing water to wine. And so my message this morning is called Water to Wine. And so I was thinking about this. Look, how many of us need a miracle in our life? <laughs> Every day, right? Every day we need, and they could be big ones. They could, and I, I think when we think miracle, we think like this major thing that happens. That like I'm talking like my leg was shorter than the other one, and then I watched it grow out. Like anything short of that's not a miracle. But the Bible doesn't define what a miracle looks like. It doesn't say a miracle has to have so much impact and so much. I believe God is working and doing miracles in every one of our lives on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis. In fact, the fact that you are all here is also a miracle. Amen. God's miracle working power in your life and your testimony has you here on a Sunday morning on October 17th, 2021. And so I think we just think like, well, I just, I'm praying, I need a miracle. We just need Jesus in our life. And the miracles come. The miracles come. And I want to walk through this scripture here in the beginning of John chapter 2, talking about Jesus turning water to wine. And I truly believe miracles come in all shapes and sizes. And it's interesting that he did it at a wedding. His first miracle was at a wedding and what is a wedding? A wedding is coming together of two people, yeah? A man and a woman coming together to be united to what? To be in covenant relationship with each other. And this morning I have just felt over and over and over that we have to remember that those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are in a covenant relationship with God. 
Do you understand that? A covenant. Do you know what a covenant is? It's a, it is a, it's a bond. It's an agreement that two people come together on, and it cannot be broken. Not with the ones with God, it can't. Now, we can break covenants all the time here in our, on, our, on, on earth and between people, but between God and us, there's a covenant that cannot be broken. And we have to remember that we can live and walk in the midst, through that covenant, day in and day out. And no matter the storms that are happening, no matter the situations that you're in, no matter what it is, we have to remember that there's a covenant that we're a part of. So it says this, John chapter 2. It says, on the third day, starting in verse 1, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. So let's stop right there. Water into wine. A needing, we need a miracle in our life. The very first thing we have to go do is invite Jesus in. You have to invite Jesus in. You have to invite him into your life. You have to invite him into your relationships. You have to invite him into your workplace. You have to invite him in. You notice, if Jesus wasn't invited to the wedding, guess what? He wasn't coming. He wasn't going to be there unless he was invited in. You understand, you, we have to proactively invite Jesus into our lives. You say, well, Pastor Jason, I've already accepted Jesus as my Savior. Jesus is both Savior and Lord. Ooh, we got a good church, we got a church that knows some theology. When we invite him in, we invite him in as our Savior, but we have to choose to make him Lord over every area of our life, which means you have to invite him into that area. And I'm telling you, every single person sitting here can invite Jesus into a deeper part of your life somewhere, somehow. You say, no, man, look, Pastor Jason, I, I've invited Jesus fully in to every area of my life. No, you don't. <laughs> I haven't. There is more. God wants more. He wants to go deeper in. We have to actually invite him in to every situation in our life. And I think a lot of times the first time when something happens in our life, you say, well, I've invited him into my finances, but then the bill comes, and do we remember that we've invited him into our finances? And many times we have to remind ourselves, look, I want Jesus to be at my wedding all the time. I want him at every wedding which means I want him at every day, in every situation, in every circumstance, I want to invite him in. See, this was an actual wedding. He was invited here. And we need to invite Jesus into every area of our life. The next verse says, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. They ran out. The earthly provision that they were relying on was done. And so many times in our life, we rely on the earthly provision in our lives. You said, babe, you said it earlier. Like the next thing or the next talk or the next marriage book. I'm not saying any of those are bad, but we rely on things in this world 
but they run out. They eventually run out. All the good ideas, all the thoughts, it all ends up running out and we're left with Jesus, only Jesus. It says they ran out of wine. The mother of Jesus said to him, said to him saying to Jesus, they have no wine. So what do we have to do? We have to invite Jesus in and then what do we have to do? We have to present our request to the Lord. I'm talking about miracle living on a daily basis. We have to invite him in every single day, and then we have to present to him the requests that we have. This is what they did. His own mom did it. Come on, guys. His own mom did it. Say, hey, we have no wine. We're out. We need help. How many of you need some help this morning? We need help. And notice the, the position of what her request was. It was really specific. It was, they have no wine. She presented the request to Jesus with just the simple fact of what was going on. It wasn't, oh, my son Jesus, I just want you to know I've been working so hard. I've been trying so hard. And the master of, of this wedding ceremony, I know they gave everything that they had. And just, would you please, I'm begging you, Please help us with this situation. No. They just presented the request. That's it. I got no wine. My bank account's not enough to pay the bills. I can't pay this bill. And here's what we do is a lot of times in our life we think about it. We think about it. Mary didn't think about it. She didn't get there. She's like, okay, Jesus, I'm not going to say it actually to you. I'm going to think really hard about the problem that I have in front of me. And I'm hoping that you understand what I'm about to say. Now, look, God is God. He knows every situation. He understands your need. But sometimes we got to say it. Sometimes you got to speak it out loud and say, I have this need and I'm presenting it to you. What is a presentation? They're not silent. Presentation, if you went to a presentation that was silent, you'd be like, have you ever tried to watch a silent movie? Right? Like the old school stuff. You're just like, oh my gosh. Thank goodness for sound. Thank goodness for words, yeah? And so we have to present our request to him. It says in that verse 3, it says his mother stated the problem to him. Four words. That's it. They have no wine. Four words. She didn't pray. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray and intercede for hours on end. The Lord leads different people to pray in different ways. But to be, okay, I have a perfect example of this this morning. So Sunday morning, as it happens, the enemy tries to attack me physically. Like every Sunday morning. No, I'm serious. Like every Sunday morning. So if you ever wake up Sunday morning and want to pray for your pastor, go ahead. That would be great. Because I'm usually in some kind of spiritual, physical battle. My stomach, I'm, I'm like, seriously, I feel like I'm going to throw up a lot of time. Oh, you're just nervous. No. Like I'm literally under a spiritual attack. And I was sitting there this morning, honest to goodness, and I, this was my prayer. Okay, this is what I did wrong. And I realized it. I sat there and I was just like, oh, please, Jesus. 
I'm, beg I'm begging you. Please help me with this. Honestly, I felt so sick. And I was just, I was like pleading with him. And the Lord was just was like, really? Really? I think you wrote some things down in your message about how to pray. And so I said, Lord, I need your help. I wanted to keep it to four words because I was like, this is the four-word request time, okay? So, Lord, I need your help. I'm telling you, honest to goodness, I immediately began to feel better. Immediately began to feel better. And it was, I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to plead. I just, out loud, I said with my mouth, Four simple words, and the Lord went into action on my behalf. Bam, just like that. I invited him into this situation, and I presented my request to him. I don't think this is up here, but in Philippians 4, verse 6, it says this. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I was anxious, but I'm anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... I love that. With thank it's almost like when you're asking, you're already thanking him for the answer. It's like I knew as I knew as I knew that when I changed the words of my prayer and I said, Lord, I need help, that it was going to work. And I said it with a different attitude, not like a cocky attitude, not like, hey, psh, Lord, it's about time you come. You know, I wasn't being cocky about it, didn't have an attitude about it, but my posture changed which meant my faith rose, and I began to say those four words in faith with thanksgiving, knowing that they were going to actually happen. And they did. And they did. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It doesn't say think about them. It doesn't say meditate on them. It says verbally say them, present them, Put them out there. Say them in your car while you're driving. Say them when you wake up. Wherever it is, speak the request to God. And what happens when we do it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. It doesn't say that the prayer gets answered right away. Oh, no. I thought if I just walk out of here and say four words all the time, that those things will automatically come to happen every single time I say them. No, what happens is, this is when we pray with thanksgiving, we make our requests made known to God, it's the peace that then comes on top of us. And we've got the peace to walk through the situation, no matter how long the miracle tarries, no matter what is the situation that we're facing, it doesn't matter, we have the peace to be able to walk and navigate through the situation. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 4 then says, so, they, so Mary says, hey, son, my love, I have no we have no wine. Okay, and so Jesus said to her, woman, <laughs> maybe mom, I didn't look at all the different translations, I don't know what he, he said woman, I mean this is the New King James Version. What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And here's what I realized. When that request was being made by Mary to Jesus, he was right. right? Jesus doesn't lie, can't lie. His time had not yet come. But guess what, church? 
It has come. It did come. He paid the price. He rose from the dead. We are now in the new covenant. So guess what? The time has come. And so it means that the time has come to present those requests. And we have to hold on to the covenant that we are now walking in. Point three, that was point three, sorry. Hold fast to the covenant. Point one was invite Jesus in. Point two, present your request to the Lord verbally, out loud. Come on, say it to him. He might know it, but say it. And hold fast to the covenant. The old covenant, there was laws and rules, but the new covenant, because of Jesus, there's a relationship. We now have direct access to God the Father in the name of Jesus that we can present our request directly to him because the time has come. The time has come. In this case, when it was written, his time had not yet come, but guess what? It has come. Verse 5. His mother said to the servants, I love this. You might not all like this. <laughs> Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Guess what the next point is? Do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. You know, I know a lot of you are walking through and you're questioning all kinds of things about vaccines and masking and pushing back and changing schools and I'm going to leave Pennsylvania because this place is nuts. I'm going to Florida and blah, blah, blah. All these decisions that you have, what we have to do is we have to present the request to him and then slow down for a second and listen for his voice and then do whatever he says. And don't judge someone else for what they're doing. You need to walk your own life and decide for yourself what is the Lord telling me to do and then you make that decision. Come on, guys. What is God leading you to do? Whatever he says to do, you do it. He will lead you. He will guide you. The Bible promises of the Holy Spirit that we now have access to, to be our guide, to be our helper, to be our counselor. Why? Because we need a guide, we need a helper, and we need a counselor. Daily, every day. We need God's help to navigate the life in which we live in. They needed it back then. They needed it in the little house on the prairie days. Like, how could they need it? They didn't do anything all day. They just woke up and went outside and did the farms and the fields. You think they were praying and asking the Lord for rain or whatever it was, the situation, healing on certain things where they didn't have medical doctors. I mean, guys, it doesn't matter what time we live in. We live in 2021, and we need Jesus as much today as they needed Jesus back when the Bible was written. Do whatever he says. You know, I have an example of this in my own personal life. Is when I worked at uh, GE for about a decade or so. I mean, I was working lots of hours. Lots, lots of hours. Seven days a week sometimes. Just really, I was in management. I was, I was putting time. I would get in there at five in the morning. I'd leave at, I don't know, seven at night or whatever. It's ridiculous. And... We were talking, it was like something has to change. And I don't know if the Lord spoke it directly to you and you told me or, or he told it to me. But the Lord said to me, you need to leave work every day at 5 p.m. 
You just need to leave work at 5 p.m. Because what he wanted me to do is spend a time with my family from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. He was asking me. I had to do whatever he said. The Lord said, leave work. I don't care what meetings are happening. I don't care if the CEO... Now, I'm not telling you to go against your CEO or your boss. I'm telling you what the Lord told me to do. Now, what he's telling you to do, that's why you got to figure out what the Lord's telling you to go do. And the Lord said to me, you need to leave, you need to go home and spend three hours with your children and your wife. And then at 8 o'clock, if you really feel like you got to get back on email and do something, you can... The family needs three hours of your time. Three of 24. Can you give three of 24? And I said, Lord, I'm going to do it. And it was hard. When the Lord asks you to do something, it's not all fun and roses. Like, ooh, this is so exciting and so easy. It's almost, almost never easy. It's difficult things to go do. And I, I mean, I walked in and I told my boss, I cannot attend that meeting because I'm going home at 5 p.m. to be with my family. And he said, oh. Almost like I didn't realize we were allowed to do that. Well, I'm doing it. And I became known at GE. Guess what? Guess what started to happen? They wouldn't schedule meetings with me past 5 p.m. Because they knew I wouldn't show up. They're like, well, Jason, well, we need Jason there, and he's not going to come if the meeting's at 5 o'clock, so let's not schedule it then. Let's do it earlier. And what began to happen is I began to say, I just did whatever he said, and it began to bless our family. I mean, I, would, I went home at some point in time, like it was like one of my daughters was like, act like they didn't even know me. Like, that's how much I was working, and I needed to be home. And what happened was, and I'm telling you this, even today, I, this is like last week, I ran into somebody who said, oh, Jason Ackerman, he's the guy that used to work at GE, who went into the ministry, who wouldn't ever do a meeting past 5 p.m. What a blessing that was to all of us. We all then felt empowered to be able to do that ourselves. And so because it wasn't easy to do, but what happened is the Lord ended up blessing it. And I ended up just doing whatever the Lord told me to go do. Whether it was hard, whether I would upset people, it didn't matter. The Lord told me to do it and I had to go do it. I, and it prospered. It pro I actually got promoted more at an accelerated rate faster after I told them, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. What, what is that other than hearing from God and then doing what, he's, what he tells us to go do? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Acceleration of promotion going faster because, you're, because the Lord said to set a boundary. And he honored the fact that then I, we, I, we did it. We did it. And we, and we worked through it. Now, was it perfect all the time? No, of course not. But it was something that we had to go do. Do whatever he says. So what happens in this story? Verse 6. Now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece, a lot. Jesus said to him, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. I love that. He didn't say fill them up to the brim. But they're like, you know what? She said to do whatever he says to go do. And Jesus says, fill up the water pot. What is it he's telling you in your life to go do? I bet you there are some of you sitting here that Jesus already told you to do something that you've been hesitant not to do. 
the Lord's speaking to you today. It's time to do it. It's time to do what he says. And don't just do it like one of these, well, maybe I'll just pour a little bit of water in the pot. Let's just see what happens. See how it goes. You know, maybe I, maybe I won't say no meetings after five. I'll just say like, you know, only on Mondays. It was all the way. They filled the pots to the brim. All the way up. That means there's no more room for debate. There's no more room for questioning nothing else. There's no more room. They're filled all the way to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, it was made to wine. What happens when we do this with our life? Miracles occur. Come on, church. Miracles occur. Michael, if you want to come back up. We invite him in. We present the request to him. We do whatever he says. We do whatever he says. And we see God working miracles in our life. Amen? You say, well, Pastor Jason, what happens if I don't see it right away? You told me that I get peace. I give my four-word prayer. I get some peace that pastor understanding. But what do I do in the meantime? What do I do while I'm waiting? I prayed for this cancer to go, and it hasn't gone immediately. What do I do? This is what we do. It's not on the overhead. This is extra. We stand in faith. We stand in faith. A posture. A posture of standing. And I have a football in my hand. I always try to give at least one football analogy. I'm just comfortable with it in my hand, whatever. But I've never seen someone get ready for the next play sitting down on the field. Have you? No. You get in a position in a posture of standing. And if you know anything about athletics, there's an athletic stance in which your weight needs to be balanced and you're on the balls of your feet and you're ready in your position that no matter what comes at you, no matter what hits you, you're ready for it and you're ready to stand firm. And we need to stand firm in our faith in the very similar way. We need to stand on the word of God. We need to increase our faith by hearing the word of God. Hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. So while we're standing and waiting, what do we do? We need to begin to see it done. We need to begin to see it done. The thing that we're standing for, the bill that needs paid, the relationship that needs restored, you need to begin to envision it and see it done because we walk by faith and not by sight. So what we're seeing in the natural, what we're seeing today, that's not working the way it needs to be working, we need to begin to envision it how God intends it to work. And our marriage restored. And our children walking with the Lord even though they've walked away. Moms, dads, I know many of you have been praying for those types of things. We need to see it done. Because what I believe is that when we speak those words, we present that request... The peace of God comes on us. We're standing firm. It is done in the spiritual realm. And we're waiting for the physical realm to get caught up. Okay? And then while you're standing in that posture, and you're seeing it being done, right? When the play is called in the huddle, I mean, I played played sports my whole life. When a play is called, I see it happening. I know exactly what is going to happen and where I'm supposed to go, the route I'm supposed to run, what the quarterback needs to do, the four or five looks that he has to make, the progressions. I know I'm speaking a lot of football terms here, but whatever. 
You understand that they, you're seeing it done. But here's what we have to do. We have to speak with our mouth in line with the miracle. So not just seeing it, not just standing firm, but begin to speak it. Because power, yes, life, power in our words. So we begin to speak it. We need to begin to call it out. This is the play that's going to, I see, happening. Begin to speak in faith. We have a wonderful example in our own life of this. Our sweet daughter, Eva. Where is she at? She's not in here today. When Eva was a toddler, man. (laughs) There are toddlers and then there are toddlers. Okay, you understand? I need not explain anymore. Toddler. Oh my gosh. Right? Why are we having more children? Ah! Come on. Parents, you've been there, right? What? So what we began to do is we began to speak what we wanted to see come out of her. And we began to change her name from just Eva and saying Eva's difficult, Eva's a challenge, Eva, oh, to sweet Eva. Sweet Eva. Hey, baby, sweet Eva, come here. Come with Dad for a minute. And you know it did not take long. It took some time. But her actual personality and character began to change to what her parents were speaking forth. She actually is today in the nursery, but she actually is today with her siblings, sweet Eva. And if you know her, you know what I'm saying is true. She is sweet Eva. She's got a sweet heart. She's not difficult. She still has energy. She still has drive. She still has want to. She's going to conquer who knows what. And that's okay. I didn't speak that out of her. And wouldn't want to, yeah. But we are, what we spoke into her begin to happen. Power of your words. So present that. Invite him in to your situation today. Present your request to him. Do whatever he says. And then stand firm in that faith. Seeing the victory. And then speaking the words in line with that miracle. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads this morning. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. We, Father, we thank you that all miracles are because of you and through you. We thank you for the miracle of the resurrection, the miracle of the new covenant. Father, as I'm praying, I just ask each person here that as we're just with our eyes closed and as we're praying, you just begin to present your request to the Lord. You can say it verbally out loud. Invite him into the situation, whatever it is. Put to practice this morning what we've been talking about. I don't want this just to be a great message that you all walk away and say, I don't really remember what he said, but he was really excited and he held a football. What I want you to do is actually put this stuff into practice. Invite him into that situation. Whatever it is, the situation that God has on your heart right now, just invite him in. Say, Jesus, I invite you in. Whatever that situation is that you need, just say it out loud right now. No one's listening. No one's trying to figure out what anybody else is doing. Give your four words, five words, six words. 
put that request out there. Father, you hear these requests. And you are a miracle-working God. And Lord, we know that you are moving and working in every situation that is in front of you today. So Father, continue to strengthen us as we stand in faith, waiting for each answer to come in your perfect timing and not ours. Father, as we see in faith the things that you have in store, and as we change our words to be in line with the miracle that we're believing for. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We have some prayer teams that will be up front here. So if you need prayer for anything, whatever it might be, maybe just to pray about the message today, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, they can pray with you. You can receive salvation today. Maybe it's healing, whatever it is. Come up front and you can get prayer from these teams up here. Otherwise, let me send you out with this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful week.